0: Welcome back to Podcast with Cooper Cherry. Today we have a friend of mine, Ale- AJ Norton, joining me. AJ hosts a podcast in Austin as well called Psychological Warfare and has been on the show at least two or three times already. Like to have him uh, come on the show. He's always a fun conversation. Good to have somebody that's a little bit knowledgeable and kind of involved in the ground game of politics with the DSA. As well as doing his own podcast. So AJ, thanks again for coming out, man.
1: Thanks, Cooper. Thank you so much, and I love your equipment, and I love <laughs>
0: po- I love talking to you too.
1: I like any great conversations, and and thanks for always reaching out to me. I think oh, of course we wouldn't be here if you hadn't reached out to me. I forgot how you found out about me, but thank you so much. Yeah, I think it was on via Twitter somehow. I s- I think so. Thank God for that Twitter. I don't check that that much either. Right. I do. I check it daily.
0: Uh, I check the big names anyway. Do you follow? You need to follow me because. I'm I'm a savage on Twitter. Okay, I don't my think, think I personal, follow you. I my follow, personal account.
1: Okay, my I only have the cycle my podcast account, and I follow like a thousand people for the followbacks. Gotcha. So a lot I follow a lot of crappy people or a lot of people I don't care about. So if I miss yours, it's because there's just 800 podcast, uh, tweets between yours. Yeah, because tweets. Didn't they change it? The, never yeah. mind. I won't get into it. They changed it based on uh, potency or popularity,
0: I not based so. on pure yeah, timeline? It, it's okay. not by timeline. It's kind we'll of like the that. Instagram algorithm now, so it doesn't yeah. necessarily do it um, mm-hmm. by chronologi- yeah. chronologically. But what's, uh, what's new with your podcast? I, I noticed that you haven't had any postings lately. I think the last was, what was it, Morris Berman, and I think you had just recorded that maybe a week or two before I last had you on this show hmm yes, I interviewed Morris Berman and I have three ready
1: to go that I haven't finished editing, which is I it's they've been sitting there for months now uh, I think the old, the newest one's two months old and I haven't interviewed anyone since it, because I said I would edit the fin- release of those first and who do you, who do you I, have anybody yes. exciting? so I interviewed someone named Chris Hedges. Oh, you did. You got hedges. Yes, nice. he's that's very nice. If you cool. reach out to him, he will. He's very nice. If you are like, like, if you're like, dude, I hate imperialism. He's very nice, and <laughs> he's a busy guy. He is a TV show. He's a very busy guy. He, um, he. But other than his TV show and his kids, he reads all the time. So he will give up some of his reading time to interview anyone. So he talked to me about his book, which is called America: The Farewell Tour. <laughs> oh, that's that's <laughs> the, fucking and cool. And the the, uh, the book, and and it just came out. I think it came out this Monday. Nice, and I'm thinking of ordering a copy, but um, I may it may come in the library, and I may get it there. But anyway, it's about he goes to some of the pockets of basically America that have been hurt the most by NAFTA, essentially, and it's worse than that than the opioid addiction. He has a, he has a, it's actually more than that, but I would say he has a section on deindustrialization, which is NAFTA. He has a section on gambling, which is Vegas. He has a section on opioid addiction, which is West Virginia and the cities hurt most by opioid addiction. He has a chapter on um, the military-industrial complex, which is essentially that all these industries are um, gone except for making bombs and uh, bullets. I think it's in, um, I forgot, I think it's Indiana. He goes to a city in Indiana. And uh, Ford had these big plants there and all in Mexico now, except for the weapons plants. You can still get a job there. Anyway. So he was very nice about that. And I can't wait for that to come out. It's, it's amazing some of these people we reach out to. Like, do you know Chris Hedges? Yeah. I'm- yeah, like he's big. Like he, he like does a lot of stuff and he, he'll talk to you. So that's the nice thing about ta- getting people who are not mainstream. I usually look at these people and say, are they not mainstream? And like, I think he's one of the most intelligent people. I really read a lot to be able to talk to him, just because I've, li- I've listened to a lot of interviews with him, and he's very intelligent. He reads—he's one of the most well-read people in America. If you ever talk to him, he's, like, citing all these books that you've never heard of, and he's very well literate. And when he talks about the Middle East, like, he was in the Middle East for 20 years. Like, he's seen kids blown up by, you know, Israel Israeli weapons that the U.S. sells them. Like, he's just seen—
0: attention. Yeah,
1: he's seen—I I, I, I can't even— Seeing someone die in your eyes
0: has got to be so insane.
1: I don't know. It's
0: just... that's a big get, man. Because I <sighs> actually you were the fir- when I had you on the podcast. First, I know you mentioned him a lot, but then I've also heard uh, Jimmy Dore. Mm-hmm. I talk to a little bit. Almost all of Jimmy Dore's YouTube about videos. Hedges. Yeah, he's all right. I mean, he's. I think he's a little bit m- too conspiracy e ish, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but I you know overall I'll support anybody mm-hmm. who has a more left of uh, you know left of the democrats politics people have called him the it. alex
1: jones of the left literally and when i got on your car today you listen to michael Brooks, and michael books outs him i don't think he's done it for a while but there was like in the when the election was happening i'm talking 2016 because they had a big debate on sam cedar's channel i'm talking about michael books and sam cedar and like they completely disagree on like strategy on the left and stuff so like i've i um
0: I know there's definitely huge critics of him. Let's <laughs> yeah. just say that. Yeah. What uh, what do you do to record your telephone pod, uh, podcast? I can show you. It's on Skype, and it's uh, I believe the app's called Ecamm, and really oh, wow. easy. Because I, I heard that some other people had told me Skype sounds kind of shitty. So I was going to try. There's mm-hmm. a free—you can get a free Zencaster. Oh, I think people do use Zencaster,
1: but I remember I looked at— So Tim Ferriss was somebody I listened to when I was into the whole spiritual self-help, self-help movement. And obviously, I think— at one point, he was the number one podcaster, and he's still in the top ten. I think Joe Rogan is truly number one. I'll check I, if he actually wanted to go by listens. But yeah. anyway, I he has so he does self help, and he does literally have a podcast called "How to Make an Awesome Podcast." And he just goes through everything, goes through the tools he uses. I think I literally bought the microphone he used in the beginning. I think yeah. he uses a much nicer one. And he said he used Skype, so I was like, okay, let's use Skype. <laughs> right on.
0: That's but, cool. I I definitely prefer you know, having, like, we're doing in-person interviews, mm-hmm. I, I like mm-hmm. that a lot more, but... Mm-hmm. I think that's why Rogan's is really successful. Uh, yeah.
1: I, I really did realize with Rogan, like, I listened to the podcast before he did live. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, before I realized he had a YouTube channel, I think. Because I think you can watch the first episode live. Because I, I was actually looking around, and I watched, like, the fifth episode ever of Joe Rogan, and it's on YouTube, like, the video format of it. And so um, even though they're just sitting on a table... It's actually kind of cool to watch Eddie Bravo talk or something. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of funny.
0: That's actually what, when I started listening to his show, I would do it through the YouTube app mm-hmm. rather than the podcast app. Mm-hmm. He he gets a lot of views. Like I was watching, I was looking at Jordan
1: Peterson because I, cause I pay attention to the views and I was like, the Jordan, he's at Jordan Peterson on, but one of them had 7 million views. Yeah. So that's like to have a video get above 5 million views, any video is
0: pretty, is yeah. very popular. For sure. So, but and, he, mm-hmm. Even he said that I think something like it's mostly maybe as little as like at least at least ninety percent of the listens or the views or what have you are on the uh, the audio only. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what Sam Cedar does too. So Sam Cedar, I listen to his live show a lot, okay. which is uh, noon, which is eleven a.m. CST, and because I, I work from home now, thankfully, and he gets like two thousand. He says the same thing, but I I look at the views just live. He gets two thousand, three three thousand max, and he says most of his views. Get, he gets from listening, and yeah. he doesn't even ask from for his membership. So Sam Cedar has a membership thing. I think it's five or ten bucks a month, and you get everything. And he doesn't even ask people for money anymore. He says if you email him, we'll give you free membership. And he and he says a lot that we have some very uh, wealthy people who donate to the show. <laughs> so essentially, I think he's good. And like
0: Soros or like
1: yeah. Well, I'm still waiting. Know, <laughs> he had the Mike Cernovich controversy. Oh yeah. So he got fired from MSNBC for about three days. And his numbers went... I didn't actually check, but his numbers went up a lot. So we got a lot of controversy. So we got in the Twitter sphere and like TY, a lot of the news networks covered for him. Yeah. And apparently his, his views ended up going up a lot from that because people just heard of him. Yeah. And he's not... I think his content is really good. Like, I really liked the show format. Like, they have a very educative person. They usually have, like, the latest person who wrote a book about a very political topic. And their coverage... Of, like, they make fun of Alex Jones, they make fun of Fox News, they make fun of CNN or whatever, and clips and Trump. And it's very educative, and they take calls. I actually really like that they take phone calls, which is like old school radio, because that's what Sam did. Right.
0: Yeah. He was on Air America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've never listened to that (laughs) at all. Well, it's defunding. He 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 talks about that. Yeah.
1: yeah. And Mark Moran was on that. I don't know, because they, a lot of, I think a lot of those people do have their own podcasts now. And I really like, I've called in twice to Sam Cedar. And I, I don't do it a lot, but I, I really like some of the phone calls. I find really intriguing because they they'll debate people. It's really cool. I, I I like any format that does that.
0: Yeah. Um. So what are You, you said you had two, uh, three total episodes. You're mm-hmm. waiting to. Uh, do you want to give us any yes of, so, of the other two? Obviously, Hedges is a big one. I'm gonna have to get his email address from you. I'll
1: send, you, I'll send you that. I, I want I I wanted to interview Noam Chomsky. I think I've told you, I've, yeah. if you email Noam Chomsky. He, he will he, respond. He will reply. You can ask him anything that's not personal. <laughs> anything He doesn't like talking about his personal life at all. Um, you can watch interviews where people ask him personal questions. He's like, no, I'm just here to talk politics. He, but he will, any per he's, obviously, uh, Noam Chomsky understands foreign policy. He's been following foreign policy very well. I've, if you read his books, he's. he's he, it's even better than when he talks, but he understands it really well. And sorry, but the other two guests, that's what you asked, is, um, it's the first person I had on the podcast, which was this entrepreneur from India who moved to America and it was just a, what's his name? I can't pronounce his name correctly. Karapali, I believe is how you say it. And I always, and I think he just doesn't correct me. I think that's (laughs) how you say it though. And he, he says it in the show and it's just he moved here and I met him when I used to work at Galvanize, which is a competitor we work. Okay. Um what what would you the one word sentence is a
0: I mean you doesn't you, you know? Have to get it's a studio it's a
1: studio you can rent out right. uh, for your company. Gotcha. And he, we get an update on his company. So he, he founded an AI company in San Antonio and he moved to Austin. And then the other person is Oh my god, what's her name? Um I believe her name is Samantha. Right, and she wrote a book on Monsanto, and it was about the Monsanto case that just came to trial And did you afterwards, and it's about round, uh, she wrote a whole book basically about Monsanto, but Monsanto, essentially, it was about the product Roundup, right? overwhelmingly causes cancer, (laughs) and is in most of our
0: food. (laughs) Were these, other two, were these also phone, or did you? All phone, yeah,
1: sadly, none of them are in Austin. I would love, Chris Hedges does, he's doing tours now, and I don't know if he's coming to Austin, but he's touring for his book. He just started last week.
0: Nice. Well, uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes out for those, uh, those episodes as they come out. I'll definitely be for sure listening to that Chris Hedges one. That's, pretty, that's awesome, man. Congrats on that. That's a big get.
1: For yeah, me. I know you like doing it in person, but if you, uh, he's just as nice as Chomsky, he will, he'll give you a response. He's a nice guy.
0: Yeah, all right. I'll have to hit him up and tell him that I hate imperialism in the subject line.
1: <laughs> and the Clintons. He hates the Clintons. Of course. He literally said that in no. my show. He's like, I detest <laughs> he detests the Clintons more than any other political figure.
0: Now, let's be careful there, Alex. Don't get too crazy. Say.
1: I can't I, even do that, dude. That's good.
0: Uh, you know, I do a decent Bill Clinton, but uh, I want to go get some fried uh, chicken fried steak after this podcast. Do you want to join me, perhaps? Yeah.
1: After the strip club. Maybe
0: some uh, sweet tea or something. He we is... could go to a... I mean, perhaps a local park and sit down and
1: talk to some women, young Flandreth woman women,
0: walk to some young registered voters in Austin, Texas.
1: You really need a daily podcast where you can do your voices. I think, Phil, that's like the only reason Michael Brooks seeks out of a podcast is so he can do his voices. It is, it is like a lot of fun. Um, I need to
0: do, I need to come up with some new characters. Um, I have been enjoying his, uh, Michael Brooks's Obama is quite good. I don't know if you've heard that one. But he's yes, like, <laughs> the <laughs> let me be clear. It's um, uh,
1: it's not called South African Obama, but essentially that's what it is.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. But uh, so you are an active member in the Austin DSA chapter, the local chapter. So, mm-hmm. what what's been going on at the DSA as of lately? Um, mm-hmm. So we just endorsed one
1: candidate for November. Uh, name's Julian Nitch. She's running for the board of. ACC, which I believe is Austin Community College, yeah. and she's just running to be, to help out with education reform, um, just, and be as more equitable, uh, across education form with money and stuff. And so we voted to endorse her, which means we're actually going to walk blocks for her and do stuff like do that. So getting endorsement means we actually physically do work for you. Not what I think a lot of these organizations do, which is they just allow you to put your, their little sticker or yeah. insignia on or a, a press release sign. Or So we actually, the last meeting was all dedicated to that. Because it's a big deal to endorse somebody because that means we'll physically do stuff. And um yeah, it's a we had to, you had to get two-thirds vote. And there was like six candidates seeking our endorsement, and um none of them other ones got endorsed. So who do you recall who the others were? Yeah. Um one was from my district. I forgot her name though. She was one of the first transgender people running for city council. It was all city council, all local. Yeah. <laughs> all local, all city council. She everyone else was city council, and there's eleven city council districts. If not, I'm wrong. Um, there's 10. I'm in nine. That's all I know. I'm in nine. Uh, where we are, this is not district nine, I think. But um, in Kathy Tovo's mind. And so this transgender woman is running against the incumbent, who's Kathy Tovo, who's not too bad. Um, the ones that are really bad are on district one and district three, I believe. Those are the ones I'd actually want to vote out. Um, but And we didn't endorse her because we didn't think she was too progressive enough.
0: Interesting.
1: And I, I don't know. I didn't vote for her personally. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'll just talk personally. It's just I didn't vote for her because I didn't think she was progressive enough, and I thought she played the identity politics of being transgender enough, but I do think it would be good to vote for her (laughs) Um, if she comes up
0: um, in the November election, if she still continues to run. Yeah, because, I mean, that's a different thing between the DSA Mm -hmm. endorsing her and you voting for them, right? That's a different Mm -hmm. equation. So, So, yeah, I voted not to endorse, endorse her, but... Then the election will come up as well, right? Okay, but what else? Uh, so there was a rally at the uh, Capitol within yeah, the so last few weeks, Yeah, so I right? believe
1: it officially was called Unite the Right, and so it was a, a what I would call it a white nationalist rally in front of the Capitol, and to have it on the Capitol grounds, like on the steps of the of the Austin Capitol, and like they spoke on the steps. They had it reserved from two to five. They had a police escort. And they also, you also, to be able to do this, to reserve the Capitol grounds, you need a, a reservation. You need approval from a state senator. And so the state senator, I forgot his name, a lot of people were chanting him down. I think his name's Lou. No, Lou Dobbs is a coach. Is a coach. <laughs> Lou Dobbs is a um, fucking... Is, is he
0: a football he was a, He was on CNN now. Oh, He's he a is. fucking right-wing stooge. Yeah, that's not Dipshit. Him.
1: Anyway, it was this uh, guy with a super cowboy hat. I'm not from Texas, so I still get really weird-eyed when I see these super cowboy hats, but he had a big 10-gallon hat, as I believe they call them, like curved and just pretty big, pretty uh, vertical. And anyway, he kept talking, and we just booed him. And there probably were like, there were like probably 15 of them, and there were probably 120 of us just booing. So uh, we drowned out the hate, and that is the thing I'm quoted as is the Austin Chronicle. They asked me, what am I here for? And my quote is, we're here to drown out the hate. Awesome. And that was like three hours. It was hot. They gave out a lot of free waters, though. There also was a group called Antifa, not Antifa, which I believe is how you say it. Antifa, A-U-N-T-I-F-A. So all these aunts getting together all these older women that's cool against fascists. it's called Antifa so they want as physical and Black Block was there and the real Antifa was there and they had what's funny is I came there with a they gave me a mask and they gave me a handkerchief and I came there with the handkerchief and then all the DSA people like didn't have any um, guard on or makeup on or anything to block their face or any physical features and I was like oh I guess I like I don't care if people know who I did like I don't have a I don't have a regular job anymore because I (laughs) want to get more politically involved. Like I work from home now. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I'll take this off. So, so, but there were people with, I mean, I don't know if there's, there are pictures online from us of just totally blacked out, like nothing but eyelids you can see. So, um, and, uh, I talked to a few, I talked to a few of them. They were very nice. They told me their name and stuff. (laughs) Like I, I, after talking to them for 10 minutes, I was like, Oh, what's your name? Like, Oh, hi, I'm Chris. And they're like completely blacked out. Um, none of them had weapons, I I believe. So, some of them had some of them had carry arms, had um, just just not not any big guns because you can um open carry on the Capitol grounds, even. Yeah, and I don't know, I'm not from this state, so the whole gun culture warship is not as big as in Virginia, where I'm from. It scares me a lot, the the whole gun culture warship. It just scares me on some like meta level, but I guess you get used to it here.
0: And so, that was it.
1: Any questions, Cooper (laughs) (laughs) about that? I don't know what uh,
0: okay, so what what. Do you recall any signs or anything that you saw or any chance that the so, mm-hmm. other side the other was? Side? Yeah. So they had the big, They did, we had a lot
1: of signs. Oh my gosh, we just had a lot more people. Like they literally had to think at 15 people there. I mean, I can show you pictures. They had a huge Make America, like they had the huge Trump campaign sign. Like the blue with white letters, Trump, Pence, 2016 with the stars around it. Like that was the biggest sign I remember other than that and a big American flag, there really was nothing on their end. They had shirts, though. They had a shirt that said Pinochet did nothing wrong. <laughs> um, Jesus.
0: Pinochet did nothing wrong. How the... F-
1: they had? I That was a shirt that really stuck out to me, but I think a few of them did have just some shirts that basically were very white nationalistic slogans or um, calls to that. Yeah. What did you think about that? That stuck out. Yeah, that stuck out to me. So that's why, right? That sticks yeah, out to you.
0: I feel like... I saw this somewhere on Reddit was mentioned that somebody was like bitching some of the actually some Mm -hmm. one of the other side was posting that they were the their basically their contingent of folks was, you know, tiny in comparison to the amount of people that were on, I guess, the DSA Antifa and, Mm -hmm. and so forth.
1: Well, at the at the DC one, which was a week before ours or two days before ours, there was 20 people who came, they said. In the post. And, and there was a lot more counter-protesters. There was like 400 counter-protesters to 200 uh, white nationalists in D.C. Because the same guy who had done Charlottesville, who reserved Charlottesville, showed up to did the D.C. reserved the D.C. Uh, metro lawn. So that was nice. So it's nice to see that. Because Charlottesville, a lot of people came.
0: Yeah. I, I, have, I have a friend that is a, he lives in North Carolina now, and he was actually there in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Unite the Right rally this this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to have, I was going to actually get him to do a remote podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try out Zencaster maybe for that. Mm-hmm. And I bet that was has a has to lot point thankful. Yeah. Um, sounded pretty interesting. And I'm super interested to get his take because he is, I think he's, you know, he's pretty left leaning, but I don't, I you know, he's more like Democrat left, mm-hmm. you know, center left kind of guy. Um, kind of a small town guy, but you know, just like a really, a really like nice guy, and mm-hmm. has be interesting. Interesting to hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. But um, also, what what do you think about um, it's Alexandra Ocasio Cortez? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I, I brought that up when we were talking about that because it's been a while since we've talked.
1: I forgot what month we talked about last, but it was definitely some spring. It was when the A bomber was here. That's the big event that was happening at the time. Somewhere around there, which Which I don't remember how many months ago that was. Oh, it was during South By, because he was there during South By. That's when we talked, March or something. March or April. March or early April, we talked. But I think it's a big deal. So DSA had its biggest growth that day or the day after she won. So we went up by 1,000 members. So there's 49. We just passed 40 to 49,000 people. So nationwide, that's not too big. But I don't know if we're the biggest... Group, leftist group in America, but we got to be up there. I mean, I don't consider any like the Democrat Democrat groups, um, left organizations entirely. Right. But um, so that was a big deal. And you know, I'm not the biggest believer in electoral politics, just because I think ultimately it comes down to how do you gain or lose power, or how do you instill fear, and fear is power in politics. And it's amazing how. I think the establishment, or even like Nancy Pelosi, is going crazy over this one person winning. Like, I think if the media just—I'm its I'm amazing of how much the media coverage she gets, because if the media doesn't want this to be a problem, they should just not cover her, because that's what they do with Bernie. Like, I'm talking during the election. Like, don't yeah. cover him, and that's why he can't win, because you need the media. The media is the gatekeeper um, on, a, on many, I just think, uh, to, win a, to win a national election. And it's amazing how she's been on Colbert. She's been on CNN. She was arguing Medicare for all with uh, Cuomo, with um, Andrew Cuomo, right? That's that's not the mayor, the governor of New York. It's his brother, which I just learned that's his brother. I did not know that. Um, And so I'm amazed that she's actually kind of made everyone this uppity because that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. And for a guy who has no faith in politics. What do you you think about her, Cooper? I mean, I think it's awesome that somebody from – the more legitimate left has a, I mean, a mm-hmm. shot at a Senate seat. That's fucking mm-hmm. incredible. House seat. All right. Oh, okay. I thought, she, thought it was a senator. House. All right. oh, no, well. that, so it's you know, start. did you
1: hear she beat Crowley? Yeah. Okay. That was the big deal. So, But he's still um, going
0: to be running. Like, he was an incumbent, but he mm-hmm. is still supposedly going to be running, though, through some weird— He's He's running third party because she has the Democratic seat. And the Republican—I don't know if the Republican really is a threat,
1: but anyway, I'll look at the polling sometime.
0: But yeah, I mean it's good it's good to see, but I mean that's one that's one candidate. Mm-hmm. There's a long road to hoe as far no, as No th- That's what I'm saying. Those. Like
1: just electing someone, like even like vote wise, it's insignificant. Uh like I'm talking like getting something passed, getting one person in or out. a, a senator It's a much bigger deal, but in a house with I think there's four hundred, three hundred
0: and something, yeah. Mm-hmm,
1: it's not a big deal. But I'm like where her real power comes in is all these interviews she's getting.
0: Yeah. Spreading the word. Like,
1: I think almost all of them, it's mostly about Medicare for all. So, like, uh, that's what I'm saying is such a bigger deal, Yeah, is the media attention. Like, that's when I look at Trump. Like, why is Trump such a parasite? It's like he owns the media cycle. Like, right? That's what I really... Like, it's amazing. Like, those tweets own the media cycle. It's 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 like his superpower.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of... When, <laughs> I had to laugh at... I, I couldn't even believe it was fucking real. It was the one that he tweeted about Michael Cohen. He was like, don't whatever yeah. you do, don't add, uh, mm-hmm. you know hire this guy for legal advice
1: on on your retainer. I don't, I don't know <laughs> anything about law, but retain whatever retainer means, you, you have your guy on. Um, it's like you have a team of lawyers. So is
0: that guy's your backup or something? Yeah, or it's basically like you pay a monthly or some sort of quarterly fee to the law firm just to like have them mm-hmm. re- at your sort of beck and call anytime there's a. A legal issue come up, but I thought that was fucking hilarious. I kind of want to look up. I wonder if Michael Cohen has like a Yelp page and like Trump's on there fucking reviewing it. Like he's all <laughs> pissed off, drinking diet coke at like 3 a.m. Like giving him a bad Yelp review or well, some shit. Co- Trump's Michael if Trump Cohen. had
1: to become president. He's is you know the chicken wouldn't be coming home the roost. He probably wouldn't have all these investigations going on. Because like somebody like Manafort, who's getting convicted for a crime that isn't really associated with Trump, yeah, but he's investigated because now he's close to Trump. So like he got like all those Russian, the Russian money laundering. That's what he's going to jail for. So like that, like he's just must be so mad this guy's president because he was like whatever. How much he got away with twenty, 20 million for all those years, decades. And yeah, so now he gets his comeuppance, and the, there's other people. So I, I like the investigation just because all these people are obviously criminals, except maybe Mike Pence. Mike Pence may just be a regular corrupt politician, but all these people and have— And a fucking creeper yeah, to boot. that's true. All these people have obviously committed crimes in possibly decades in the past that I would love to, you know, put them in jail for, so.
0: But how, how many other people involved in this sort of D.C.? Oh, on the so, circle or like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How much, if you dug into every fucking person, how many people would we be sending to jail? Well, I believe that's know? allegedly what happened with Bill Clinton
1: is they, first it was Whitewater, right? The real estate deal. And then they just found out a blowjob happened. So like, that's actually a big worry about that is like that kind of shit happens. Cause like if you're 70, it, you know, probably all of them, you can get a, probably all of them are pretty morally unjust except for maybe bernie like i honestly probably think if you scanned every fabric of bernie's life he may not have done something that um that uh, i did mal- i did elicit. cut
0: across a crosswalk one time yeah. but that was it one time
1: like when you when when you can show a picture of the guy protesting getting arrested for civil rights in like whatever 50s like when he I was went, 20 years old
0: i went to mobile Alabama. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: i was arrested and that, that shows me you're a pretty good person. <laughs> um, well, um, Trump's a draft dodger. Anyway, the amount of stuff, Trump will never, will never know the full detail of how many crimes the man has committed. Because um, there's, there's a long list, obviously. But we'll see what they if, yeah, if Cohen flips or if his financial advisors flip. And we know Mueller has the Do- his Deutsche Bank accounts. So whatever's happening there. What do you think? Do you think... So well your question was basically, like, if we investigate all of them, we'd basically have all of them in jail. Is that or what you kind of I, alluded to? I just to?
0: sort of wonder what kind of shit would be uncovered mm-hmm. if we started to look into the periphery of all these politicians and wheelers and dealers mm-hmm. in in D.C. Well, did you see that for the Me Too movement, a few,
1: a good amount, not, I don't know, I can't put the number, but it seems like five to 15 Republicans, not na- a few of them na- national, a few of them like state representatives did go to uh, jail, or sorry, retired, not jail. They retired because of um, sexual abuse scandals. And you talked to me before we started about Sacha Baron Cohen show, and there's that state rep who he gets to say the N-word, <laughs> literally, he, gets, he acts like he's an Israel agent, Mossad. Oh, God, it's so good. And he retired, <laughs> and he's a state rep in Georgia, so he's not ad- that guy, whatever his name is. Dude, that guy, dude, to me, that show shows that's who they really are. Like, they really do think that crazy stuff you see on TV. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's like,
0: to me, what's so especially, it's first of all, it was brilliant on his part to come up with this character as this former Mossad agent because it's the per, these, this is like the exact sort of character. You can tell that these right wing, he really respects the crap out of this guy. <laughs> like, it's amazing. They, like, yeah, they'll do, it's like he can, he's the fucking Pied Piper. He could have them do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. They're so, like, this weird right-wing mm-hmm. fetishization of Israel is so bizarre to me. I they'll, don't It's like they it. hate, it's like they hate, they kind of hate Jews mm-hmm. and like the, um what you know, like the globalists or whatever, but they still love Israel. Like, somehow they separate Jews and Israel. They love Jews the, the sacred land. It's mm-hmm. so fucking weird and fucking B.B. B. Netanyahu. <laughs> That mm-hmm. guy's just an arch conservative fucking uh Yeah, b BB,
1: BB. reminds me more of uh, Dick Cheney in that right. he's playing chess. Like he he's Trump doesn't think about the moves he's making. Like he may blunder or he may make a masterpiece move just by accident. But someone like Dick Cheney and Nanyahoo, they're they they do not make blunders, they make sacrifices. Like they, they understand the board and they are playing for checkmate. They yeah. don't they
0: don't they don't
1: lose that. Yeah, anyway, I think everyone gets the comparison.
0: It, incidentally, Dick Cheney was on Who Is America as well. Yes. I see, I haven't seen the clips. I know was, that one though. He, he gets was him the sign.
1: Enough. He gets him the sign um a torture device, is that? I think am so. Am I
0: right on that? I, I don't remember. I but Cheney really stayed above. He didn't make an ass of himself. Yeah, for he, the most part. Well, he part. did. He interviewed Bernie he too. He kind of laughed. He mm-hmm. kind of si- laughed at some of the shit he said, but he didn't really mm-hmm. come out as mm-hmm. the fucking shit heel that uh, I mean, I fucking hate Cheney. Mm-hmm. With his, <laughs> yeah,
1: I no, I think like I rank uh, Cheney and Kissinger as t- probably the two worst people that ever reside in our government. And like Cheney is a chess player. Like I, 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 I always put the reference of chess player versus like checkers. in that Cheney's smart. Like he's seeing, he sees the board, and he was able to convince Bush to go along with a lot of his moves. But like, yeah, seeing um, Sacha Baron Cohen interview George Bush would be a lot funnier. I don't think George Bush could see what's go- can see what's going on.
0: Well, I think that actually so, okay, so this Sunday should be the I think is the last episode mm-hmm. of the season. And we still haven't seen Sarah Palin because she was on the show and got really pissed off. Because mm-hmm. she knows. He's yeah, she knows he he got him. He oh, got him. So I'm inter- I'm really interested to see how bad he's gonna roast her. Mm-hmm. Because he definitely got what's his name? What's the sheriff? Oh Ohio No, not that one. The the it's Clark. Oh, she—he got that's—is that black sheriff? Yeah, okay, with mm-hmm. the uh, tech, mm-hmm. with the cowboy hat on and everything. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. fucking hilarious. And he's like the Milwaukee sheriff, and he wears that cowboy hat.
1: Anyway, <laughs> I'm just—I don't see that
0: anywhere outside of Texas. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's—he's a, a huge one too. Uh, uh, I will—I will just say that I, I am born and raised in Central Texas, mm-hmm. and I grew up on a fucking cattle ranch, and. Uh, I don't think I've no ever... One, no one cares about that I don't stuff. think I've ever owned a cowboy hat in my life. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I'm I'm a different bird for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: My first day at... I used to have a job here. I used to work at IBM, which is by Up The Domain. And the first day with the new cohort, a guy had a huge cowboy hat on in my cohort of 10 people who was their first day, and they were going to give us a tour and stuff. had a huge cowboy hat on. <laughs> and that was the first time I'd seen it. I don't see many. That's why it stuck out when I was at the Unite the Ra- Right rally and that guy had one on, because it's rare still here. Yeah.
0: Well, Austin... <laughs> Definitely, Mm -hmm. but uh, like if you go to my hometown, you would definitely see that shit for sure. Oh, God. But um, oh, God. But there was another scene in or segment in Who Is America Mm -hmm. where he had these three idiots Mm -hmm. who were pretty racist against Mexicans and they held a fake quinceanera, which is like a sweet 16 party, basically. (laughs) And it was with the same, the former Mossad agent, Iran Murad, or whatever. Mm And he puts on these underwear that have like a fake vagina on. Mm-hmm. And he's having, he has all three of these idiots. Mm-hmm. They're like all, they're like rubbing on his vagina. He's like, I, I want, you have to know, you have to understand what it feels like in real life to know. And he's like, so they're like rubbing on him and stuff mm-hmm. while he's wearing these underwear. It's just, just fucking great. Mm-hmm. And then he has them throw this fake fake party and they dress up as women mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And the cops show up. Oh, it's and is I think great. I've
1: verbally heard this. Aren't they all anti, like abortion rights or something? Like he finds the people who they're like anti-immigrant, anti-immigrant things. Okay, because the whole joke. The the greatest thing about it is he gets these people to do the thing they hate or something. Like it's very to stand for the thing. He he shows people how it's like how much of a lack of critical thought I Yeah, I wouldn't say he gets people to somehow show who they really are. I'm thinking about the Georgia State rep. Like, he gets them to say the N-word. He gets them to show his butt to yeah. fend off ICE. He, ISIS. He tells... He's like, he I'll t- turn you gay. It's, I'll turn uh, you gay yeah. or something. Was it ISIS? I think that's what he tells them for ISIS. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing, like, the Dick Cheney stuff. Like, these people, if you were an elected official on any level, you would be so worried people were coming to get you. Like, right? Like, I would be so worried of talking to anyone who I did not know about. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I heard, like, I've I've read stories of Ralph Nader, who, like, when he was getting all his uh, legislative pass in the 60s and 70s, the, um, like, Ford, the big car companies, they set prostitutes a- after him to try to seduce him, to try to make him, like, mess up. And he, like, I, I feel, anyway, I, mean, I feel that would happen. Forever.
0: But, oh, God, I forgot about there's even, even better is... So as the, the same mm-hmm. Israeli character, mm-hmm. he had... It's a, he- <laughs> a good one. It's a good one. The Mossad. He has this guy. Um, so he's like saying, what's what's the most vulnerable area? And he's mm-hmm. like, the crotch is the most vulnerable area. So he puts on this... Oh, no. Like a dildo. A dildo. It's like a strap I knew, I
1: knew it was going to be a strap-on. You know?
0: <laughs> and he's like, okay, so I want... It. Let's say you're going to be... Um, they're gonna cut your head off or whatever where do you attack you attack the crotch so this guy is literally like biting on this dildo that he's wearing it's so fucking funny and he even says while he's biting on he's like i could i could oh there's enough room for two of these in my mouth oh, I like think, uh, yeah
1: yeah anyways he's, he's i don't know how I, do, I mean i remember watching bull rat when i was young and i was like how does he get these clips and those aren't even political? Like, Borat's just him messing with people, really? It's really just, no, he does interview, no, that's Ali G. He interviews Trump. He interviews Donald Trump as Ali G. It's a really old clip. And he interviews Noam Chomsky as a clip about linguistics. But um, have you? I don't know if you've seen the clip with him interviewing Trump, but it's about business deals and stuff. Yeah. But he proposes ice cream that never melts as a business deal, I believe. Or no, it was the um, the ice cream glove. Oh, it was ice cream glove? Yeah, okay. Well,
0: I, he's I, like, I can't believe it. He pulls that. out an ice cream cone. He's like, what's the problem with the ice cream? It drips mm-hmm. and <laughs> like has this glow. Like it's
1: amazing. Just... He gets these. He gets in these situations. Like he knows how to do it. Like oh, he's it, fucking Ali G's first character. He's so. fucking
0: brilliant. Love and that. the Sarah
1: Palin must be because she's very dumb.
0: Fingers crossed that it airs because that shit mm-hmm. is gonna make my millennium. It will be the last. If that's the last episode, she'll be on. Hope, hopefully so. I don't know. But uh, do let's let's get back in, into the substantive issues because our our good friend and. Um, Also, you know, fellow Austin resident. The best entertainer of all time. The greatest. The most interesting man on a camera. (laughs) The greatest performance artist of our times. Alex Jones has had has been deplatformed. And it's a conspiracy. What's
1: funny (laughs) is it's an actual conspiracy. These group of people plotted to undermine him. It's a true conspiracy
0: against Alex Jones. It's cryptic. What what are your What's your gut reaction to this? Because I think a lot of people have celebrated this, and I don't know if we should be necessarily mm -hmm. quick to Mm -hmm. celebrate it. I'm kind of, you know what I mean? I agree. Uh, uh, One part of me is like, yes, it's good that this dipshit is being kind of shut down, but another part of me is like, eh, this this is worrisome. So
1: it's a a two-tier issue. So the one issue is that just the Alex Jones, like, thank God this guy finally felt some blowback for... Basically making up conspiracies that hurt people like it hurts the Sandy Hook victims to say Sandy Hook is a conspiracy and The other issue Cooper is the free speech issue. So if there is this guy who's mouthing nonsense We should deal with it by letting the, the basic argument is we how should we deal with someone mouthing nonsense? Should we let them speak their piece or uh, remove their way of speech because now these websites are so big uh, Jimmy Dore said it this way. It's basically the new public square. It's the, it's the public marketplace where, if you imagine a town in the 1800s where everyone went to get their information, that's what Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, are now. So when you remove their Facebook account, I would say it's pretty much removing their free speech to some extent. So how do you deal with someone who's dealing with nonsense? Do you basically counter their free speech with your free speech by saying, like, Kyle Kalinski, who does secular Talk, does a lot of videos saying debunking Alex Jones. And so that's just free speech against free speech.
0: The but marketplace I'm, of ideas, man.
1: Yeah. So uh, Hell yeah. on that issue, I like that because also, so if not all free speech is free, if you commit slander, if you say the Sandy Hook victim is a hoax, you can get sued like he's getting sued right now. Yeah. And I hope he gets sued for a lot of other things because I'm pretty sure he's... He says a lot of those shootings are <laughs> are fake, are um, false flags. Flag. So I hope he gets sued for a lot of things. And, like, so the, um, if you read the actual Constitution, it's not just, like, free speech is anything. It actually says, like, there are uh, types of free speech that are not covered by the Constitution, like slander. And um, it says, like, except that. Just like the Second Amendment says, uh, well-trained militia. Not everyone can have whatever guns. And... So what do you think about that, Cooper? That's what I brought out. So it's a two-tiered issue.
0: Yeah. I, and I guess the the refrain has been, because from the right, the right is trying to champion this free speech mm-hmm. reading of this particular scenario. Actually, there's three tiers. I'm
1: sorry. I just changed go. <laughs> I, I forgot to bring up the other issue. You left a tier out? No. Uh, no uh, you didn't? I didn't want to interrupt you. You can finish. <laughs> the, the third issue, quickly, is that Facebook, this private company, can basically decide who gets to speak and who doesn't. Because, like I said, this private company is now the public square.
0: Yeah. Which is... I don't know. Some of the refrain from the left has been that they are a private company, and maybe, I don't know, they're kind of throwing that in the face of the Republicans, or not the Republicans necessarily, but, you know, the the vocal Mm -hmm. right-wing...
1: Yeah, so this is an issue I think the right and left can unite on, although we fail to unite on almost every single issue because we just hate each other so much because we figure we can't unite because of, like, gun debate or abortion debate. Um, so we can't unite on any issue, but it's like, dude, these private companies have way too much power and they can just get rid of anyone. Cause I'm pretty sure when you click accept, it says we can get rid of you for any reason yeah, you want. TOS, yeah. Which so, is like yeah, a term, thousand. The terms fucking... of, does everyone, everyone remember that terms of service? No one reads when you join any real website. Well, that says like they own all the content on this website. And they can do whatever they want with it. They can mine, which essentially the main reason is so they can mine it and sell it to everyone and spy on you, blah, blah, blah. Advertisers yeah. specifically. Blah. Yeah. M- m- yeah. And it goes to the government. Thanks. That was noted. But um, yeah, I guess that's the whole, that's the whole thing is like, dude, these tech companies obviously have too much power. And even if you're a libertarian, like there, there's no, like they have shut out all competition. like, at some like someone like I love how people champion competition. It's like, no, someone can actually get so powerful that they don't allow competition. Right. Like there isn't always comp you can you can win the game, quote unquote, and just not allow competition. Like Rockefeller, he um he snuffed out all competition by buying the railroads. Like yeah. there anyway, that's the biggest monopoly ever, maybe is standard oil. But Facebook has the same. Who what are you gonna do to beat Facebook?
0: I will start my competitive social media site. Uh, tomorrow. I, mm-hmm. I have the free, I have access mm-hmm. to create whatever I want, right? In this free market of ideas, right? What do you do? You just would never <laughs> get
1: close to Facebook.
0: But okay, the here's the thing, the failure of market logic is that it is in your rational self-interest as a corporation to do that. That behavior is good for your company, right? Mm-hmm. So you behaving in your rational self-interest I mean, that's the contradiction in the market logic itself is Mm -hmm. that these companies eventually get large enough that they can squash competition, Mm -hmm. but it's still, they're still applying market logic. Is that kind of, is my point coming through? Am am I making sense of that? Yeah. So the whole,
1: the whole point of the whole, if you would, if you actually would have some magical libertarian Rand scenario where everyone started off with a hundred dollars and everyone was equally mentally gifted or equally businessly, logically educated, Somebody would win, either by let's just say eventually a situation would happen. Let's say there's 100 people that start out. Eventually, four people win. Four people own 25% of the market. At one point, two people are going to look at each other and say, "Oh, to beat the other two people, let's make our company 50% of the market." And then the other the other two who own 25% it's like, "Oh, let's all become 100% of the market and beat the 96 people." And then that will be, and then you're you're done. And then basically, so that's what people they people people think like competition is um an infinite spectrum where since you're competing there is no end game there's just unlimited innovation and that's just not true the whole point is to end competition so maybe you can't like even if i give you the utopian scenario where there's perfect competition at the beginning everyone is working once you say go to end competition that's how i say it think of it
0: i was thinking about this too actually in this sort of Libertarian world about you know what happens when people are acting in their self-interest. It's mm-hmm. like sort of the anarcho-capitalist or the anacaps. Mm-hmm.
1: Libertarian, isn't that?
0: I'd say that's, that's libertarian. Fair, yeah, f- pretty much. So they want to leave everything up to the market. Well, what's <laughs> and but there's again this contradiction between because they always say that you know greed greed is part of human nature, right? Mm-hmm. So which I've have, I have huge problems with that. I think that's I think it's very
1: good that the media sells that that's tr- like so yeah, the the probably the biggest argument you hear, sorry to interrupt you, and I said I want to interrupt is that capitalism be- is the best fitting human natural system, natural system, right? And I I think I think we're very altruistic. I think we can be very friendly. I think in tribes we are extraordinarily good working together. Anyway, I think because people don't maybe study anthropology or actually take the deep way to study psychology, I, I think that's very open to interpretation.
0: Well, even, even in within the capitalist system, wealth is, the whole thing is a social process. It's not mm-hmm. one capitalist doing everything by himself. It's an entire team of people, you know, potentially thousands of people working together to mm-hmm. produce that product. It's not just, so it's always a social process. But the rewards are always getting placed to mm-hmm. the investor class, the 1% mm-hmm. that own everything. Good, yeah. You Just should by them, virtue of ownership. In
1: DSA, we talk about that. So the economic term is surplus labor. Exactly. So so what do you do with the excess surplus labor? You then go by the political system to then secure maybe tax breaks. Tax breaks. Like Amazon. Offshoots. Um, Amazon doesn't pay. T- yeah. So Amazon last year didn't pay taxes, and they probably have rarely, if ever had Boeing, doesn't pay taxes. I know off the top of my head. Uh, Most of the Fortune 500 companies, there's a documentary on Netflix. I forgot what it's called. I think it's just called 2%. And I think it's called 2% because that, they calculated the average uh, tax payout of the Fortune 500 companies and it was 2%. And so they named it 2%. But anyway, it just goes into how they, you know, everyone jokes about the whole shell companies and it's just a documentary about that, how they don't pay taxes and stuff.
0: But Amazon specifically, because Austin is in the running or was in the Mm -hmm. running for the new headquarters that they're going to build. And they're, you know, it's basically a competition among cities as to who can offer Amazon the biggest fucking tax breaks. So who can subsidize capitalism the most is Mm going to win like this. And this is the -hmm. free market. Like, fuck you, dude. And also,
1: yeah. So one of my big hearts is the environmental problem. And so we subsidize the oil and gas industry to a huge extent, the governments do. And so that region by far, it actually has finally become so grotesque, the difference between solar and oil, that now it is finally more economically viable to build some of the plants. I believe it's just wind and solar than some kind of coal plants. It's finally even with the, even with the subsidies, that's how good, because of the, cause the solar wind industry is moving exponentially, because there is actually still research going into that as we plunder the planet. But um, because it, it, that would have ended, that competition, the free market solution would have emerged a lot longer if we just didn't have subsidies. Yeah. Because the subsidies are in the trillions uh, globally. And don't forget about the, like, like to some extent, the Pentagon budget is an oil subsidy. What do you think all, the, all these interventions in the Middle East are for? They're right. for resources. Exactly. Um, so to some extent, like your tax dollars go to subsidizing the defense budget, which is wars for oil wars for resources um
0: trade routes mm-hmm. um access to resources and yeah. all that shit that never gets really they're mostly about. economic wars oh for it, sure i think
1: in dsa we call them class wars but um all wars we have a slogan all wars class war which is another thing like which goes into the whole thing the, the rich don't fight wars the poor people do um there's some late John McCain just died. He he fought in Vietnam, right? He's still and alive, Kerry. I think. He's still alive, yes. But he did
0: like, he does not want to pursue treatment. He doesn't have
1: much time left, I think, is, no, he is the way not. I want to put it. Sorry. And um so, but mostly it's the it's poor people, right? Because poor people you can join the military. And funny thing, people hate on the military. The military is pure socialism. Exactly. Literally, you imagine if you had competition in the military, like the people have to compete for who's the best soldier.
0: Then we wouldn't be able to work together. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Yeah, that's a crazy thought.
0: But um, back to—so what mm-hmm. I was trying to say is, okay, so the logic of this libertarian or anicap society mm-hmm. is that, for one, human nature is greedy and so forth, and, mm-hmm. but in this special world where there are, there's no government, no government to guarantee property mm-hmm. rights— which Then the person who
1: emerges from the competition will be the government.
0: They'll yeah. be the over, They'll literally be not the government. They'll be the new the king in essence. And in in their logic of using rational self interest, what does that mean? Like if, in we, that context? if we did not have a government to break up the oil barons, Rockefeller, he would have been king.
1: Literally, he would have been like he would have been king of maybe the earth at at some point. Like, yeah. Sorry, continue.
0: Well, going off of that, at one point, J.P. Morgan actually mm-hmm. loaned the. U.S. government money Money. during, I forget Mm -hmm. if it was during the war or during the Depression or whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. but they essentially had to go to uh, to Mm -hmm. James Pierpont Morgan and say, yo, dog, Mm -hmm. what about that loan? He also knew about the Great
1: Depression and pulled his money before it happened because he had insider knowledge because he, the stock market, uh, old the real J.P. Morgan, not the company, which is the same thing, right? Because he named the company after himself when he was alive. They uh, they helped orchestrate a little bit of the Great Depression with uh, their assets. Um, yeah, but I believe your story's right. I forgot if it's World War I because that's when he was around. He wasn't around for World War Two, I believe.
0: I don't remember off the top of my head. He's an old roughly, guy, Mr. Roughly. J.P.
1: <laughs> you know, he's the guy I, quick, uh, I believe uh, the Monopoly Man is based off
0: of because he had the monocle. Interesting. Well, did you know that the Monopoly game and the hat, itself, and the hat, yeah, the Monopoly game was not designed to be. It was an anti-capitalist game, actually. Oh. Wow, it's a very was capitalist <laughs> game. I was about to say. It was just, so it was designed to show you how fucked up the uh, the system was, uh-huh. actually. Yeah, I find not I, this like pro-capitalism uh-huh. game that you would assume, uh-huh. which is kind of funny.
1: I find yeah, talking about capitalism
0: with someone who's
1: pro-capitalism is tough and I still have not perfected it at all because it's weird because at some way, the way I put it is you're at, um, you're at a disadvantage. It's like capitalism's on a home field advantage and you're on their home field Yeah, because they've won. Like you're, you, you have to go to your nine to five job. No matter if you, you have a two hour argument with someone, they wake up the next day and go to their job and make money and quote unquote compete and you do the same. So it's like they have completely won. They've killed people over it. They've, you know, the CIA has overthrown countries over this basically differentiating philosophy.
0: Pinochet was right. Resources. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus.
1: And um, communism, right? So, like, they have a significant home field advantage. And in America, you're taught it's like bread and butter and apple pie, right? Capitalism.
0: I think capitalist ideology is more potent than religion in the US. In America? Yeah. I think it trumps religion.
1: Well, like, if you look at just how much blowback bernie sanders gets
0: but religion i think that religion enabled capitalism and many
1: people in dsa make the argument and i guess i do too that he doesn't even really preach socialism he just preaches strengthening the social programs state yeah that have been that everyone likes social security is the number one most liked program after that it's medicaid or medicare and he just wants to strengthen the hell out of those things he does want to do free college and he, he basically wants some of the most... Almost all the things he advocates for are just stealing from the Scandinavian countries. Yeah.
0: That's really it. Like, he doesn't... He's not advocating ra- yeah. radical... So, like, I i don't think I've ever heard
1: him talk about... So, a real socialist program would be uh minimum... Um, not minimum wage. Um, that would... He does advocate for that, though. 15. Sorry. Universal basic income. That would be a real
0: socialist program. Eh.
1: And I don't think he's ever advocating I disagree advocating
0: for that, that that's... See, to me, socialism is applying... Is democratizing production. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what true socialism is, and that's the that's the liberator, liberatory. Mm-hmm. So you would want, yeah, or liberatory aspect. Of, so
1: would you say like a law, uh, saying that fifty percent of all boards have to be worker? Oh, uh, I don't say fifty. I want I want a hundred. I want a hundred percent. Bezos provides no value to a to a company. No, understand. it's
0: it's yeah, we're gonna sp- spread out the decision making because why should w- mm-hmm. we all toil to make fucking Jeff Bezos be a A billionaire? Fuck that. That's we're we are all in the same. We are all investing our labor into this project, all of us. No, I agree, and and I want worker control because think about it. That's a better way of saying it
1: than I said. So it's the basic quote: seize the means of production. Yeah, Mister Karl Marx.
0: Because if you think about it, what's what structure does a corporation resemble? It's a hierarchy.
1: Oh, it's totalitarian. It's a totalitarian, authoritarian regime.
0: mm -hmm. Fuck that. Why should we carve out? This little section of our lives, well, it's not a little section. I mean, when you think about
1: it, it's, we basically redesigned feudalism.
0: Yeah. We literally, we
1: we ended feudalism, apparently, but we redesigned it into an individual feudalism. Like, (laughs) anyway, continue.
0: Yeah, it's, so the, what, the monarch, divine right monarchy was saying God, mm -hmm. God says that the king is the king, Mm -hmm. so we have to obey, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's the, so sort of a human nature argument. This Mm -hmm. is also the argument that capitalists use. oh, Humans are greedy, naturally, so we have to take advantage of that tendency. Mm -hmm. No, and I, I would argue capitalism, it's done,
1: I don't think it's talked about, like, why, it's an interesting question, so why is capitalism the main ideology of today? Like, I think if, People actually properly educated, which the system doesn't like us being properly educated, I would argue. Um, I think everyone realized this system sucks. Like, almost always more than 50% of the country um, gets the shit end of the stick. Now, that varies in terms of what the shit is, quote, unquote. Like, there was a golden age of capitalism, which I think Bernie and Elizabeth Warren talk about, which is essentially an age we will never live in, uh, the 40s through the 70s, as it's often called, before— And there were a lot of reasons why that happened. One, after World War II, every country was destroyed, so we produced 50% of all worldwide goods after World War II. Uh, Noam Chomsky says, you know, the most powerful uh, day of the American empire was the day we dropped August 6th, 1945, was the day we dropped the atomic bomb. Because after that day, everyone was destroyed just from the virtue of we haven't had a war on our turf since the Civil War. So just because on we – have, we have good land choice. Christopher Columbus, <laughs> good land choice um, for us because just to fight us, it's just – Yeah, you've got you to you cross an ocean. You've got to cross an ocean. It's tough. It's tough. And they, they Hitler just goes on land and travels with everyone. What was my point I was making? Anyway, it's just that we had this golden age, but I would argue the reason we had this golden age is also because of a special set of preconditions that we really will never get back. That will just never happen. Like, we have 7 billion people. A lot of them are willing to work. 8 billion, really. Eight billion, seven over 7.5. And they're all willing to work. And we need to... Compl- and we've... Uh, 2 billion people live in um, poverty. Make, it means... I think to the UN, it means they make... They live on less than $1.90 a day. So we, we've relegated 2 billion people to essentially dirt, in my opinion. And... The system, it, we made some people extraordinarily rich, where 3% of the people own 50% of the we- bottom wealth. Three people, not 3%, three people are richer than, Bernie says this a lot, the bottom half of people in America.
0: Three. Three individuals yes. have more wealth combined than the bottom 97% of citizens in the United States. Lot. He does say a lot. of That's really economic and activity.
1: I don't know if that works a lot to pe- people get that, because like you don't have... Any idea how much stuff? In this case, I think that that's Buffett, Gates, and Bezos. You have no idea how much money those people, how much what those people own. They own building after building, company after company, not just Microsoft or whatever. They own building after building, infrastructure after infrastructure, um, stock after stock that you will just never see. You never meet these people. These people don't go to the airport. They don't, you know, they don't uh, show up at uh, show up for interviews on TV that much. You don't see these people. Like you have no idea how much these people own. And if you're poor, anyway, if you're poor, you're just like, why can't I square it by? And then this whole system says, oh, no, you're, the poor person who's getting paid nothing by Amazon and gets no benefits says you're the problem. And that's what I think capitalism has done really good. It's done a really good job at making the losers think they're losers because they don't, quote, unquote, try hard enough.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's all the it's all individ, placed on the individual, and there are no systemic or historical mm-hmm. consequences, or you know what I mean, material circumstances. And that's my whole big beef with the
1: self help uh, movement, which I which I used to be a huge fan of, like uh, looking up how to eat well and believe in yourself and Tony Robbins and all that stuff. Is that they all tell you it's you. It's not because the mayor got corrupted and sold off the whole town to Amazon, and now you all work minimum wage jobs when you used to have a great job that then got booted off to Mexico, or Bill Clinton signed NAFTA. Uh, There's no systemic critique, and to challenge capitalism, you need insane systemic critique. And that's all we avoid is we avoid systemic critique. They never talk about that stuff on CNN or whatever.
0: You mean liberal CNN? That is like Neo, so, so, That CNN. is so fucking left wing. Like, give me a fucking break. There's no left wing. I know, right? That's no why left Chris wing Hedges media.
1: is as uh, on RT. Trust me. Chris Hedges does a good. I don't know if people watch his show on Contact, but he has some. He has lefty guests on.
0: He is true lefty. How, how ironic is that? That fucking Russia Today is the. Isn't that? Yeah, that's what RT is. It has saying, the most progressive
1: shows. It is Russia Today, I believe it's trying to tomorrow.
0: undermine the West. Like, that's so. Ironic. It has
1: the most left-wing progressive shows, and I—I I think it's actually on TV. I don't have a TV. I watch it online. It has Jesse Ventura, who got kicked, who used to have a show on MSNBC, but got kicked off because of the Iraq War.
0: Now I had a show on MSNBC, yes, but they kicked me they off did. because I was too goddamn independent. But now well, I'm down in Mexico. I do a lot of surfing down there in Mexico with my friend. I've got a friend named Jose. We go down there and we do a lot of surfing. Mm-hmm. And
1: like Ralph Nader's on RT a lot, and Ralph Nader I respect a ton. Um, and I I can't, like if, if we'd been smart, we should put him, I, I don't, we should put him in the Senate. <laughs> Ralph Nader's been a force to be reckoned with, and he's never held an elected position from what I can tell. Green, Green Party, right? He ran. He's ran for president five times, three times as Green Party. He ran two times as independent. He ran from, 19, from 92 to 2008. He ran five times in a row. And I don't think he ever got more than 5%. But I I, I think he felt so bad. Anyway, I won't go into his story. That's not your question. But he's a great guy. I, I admire him a lot. And um, I wish he was more part of our polit- – He's more left-wing than Bernie Sanders. I think Bernie – I think what Ralph Nader – What Bernie did that Nader did not do is – Nader should have ran for the Democratic ticket because you get a lot more attention. Yeah. And that's the huge difference I see between them, even though I do think Ralph Nader, in my opinion, is the only person to go after to be anti-imperialist and run except for Rand Paul. But he actually would totally campaign on destroying the military industrial complex. And that's something even Bernie doesn't talk about.
0: Yeah. Bernie's or his foreign policy is just as kind of hawkish as mainstream democratic thought i think mm-hmm. yeah he
1: wouldn't take advice from henry kissinger but he i don't think yeah. he would be the he wouldn't he wouldn't be um pieced of yeah just to say the least not, he would not shut down because like my one thing is just the systemic like if you're president you're like holy crap our country needs oil <laughs> like or people are gonna get really upset if we don't have oil or like whatever if gas prices go up so it's like, oh crap, we got to go into Somalia. I don't, I don't know. Like it's like I don't think you're in as much control as we think they are as the president. Oh, definitely. Like there's not. just some forces pulling you. It's like, dude, if you let if we don't get these resources, like, <laughs> what do you think is gonna happen to this country? Like oh like OPEC, like we ran out of oil, so like Jimmy Carter had to do OPEC. That's not the
0: way I view it. Well, o- OPEC's different because that's the cartel that's like yeah. Venezuela and fucking— But we set that up. Did we? I don't think—we're well, think not, we're not members of OPEC, though.
1: No, we're not members because we don't have an oil country, but we set up the deal that they must deal in dollars. Oh, well, yeah, we set that up. Yeah, the petrodollar for sure. Yeah, we, we didn't—yeah, okay. But we, we, as that's far as our, direct that's involvement why, and, in and that's OPEC. why we're so nice, buddy buddies with Saudi Arabia. But now Venezuela has the biggest oil—has the biggest oil reserves left on Earth. And we may want to intervene there soon. I don't know. What was your next question, Cooper?
0: Our really next topic is we can talk about our South African friend, Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Because um, <laughs> he's, the SEC is investigating him for some type of oh. fraudulent shit. Oh, was that because
1: he talked about the company
0: stock on Twitter? Yeah, so mm-hmm. he came out and was saying that he was considering taking Tesla private Mm-hmm. but then was like no i'm i'm, I'm not gonna i bought that I, after I, all. I
1: used to have tesla stock
0: i sold it for a profit so yeah <laughs> fucking capitalist i know what um, um i had
1: here? the i had the little app and i sold i they made an app where you could sell stocks and i would check it every time it worked yeah don't do that stock market um one percent the top one percent owns 84 percent of the stock market just so everyone knows so it's literally their piggy bank i would say Oh, it's just another wealth abstraction.
0: It is wealth and abstraction.
1: I, it has no value to a regular American. That yeah, is all
0: I'm saying. And it's completely separated from the reality of the underlying financial assets and economy, yeah. as you know, displayed by the 2008 housing crisis, for example.
1: It's making money off of money.
0: Yeah. And money
1: isn't inherently real. We've convinced ourselves it's real. When you have a farm. And you grow food on that farm or you, you invent a physical resource or, you know, any commodity, even the internet to a extent is a physical resource, something that you would put labor into. It doesn't have to always be something that you can physically touch, I guess, since now we have the internet. But that is real, meaning there is real value in that. There was sweat and tears into that. When, you, when your company goes bankrupt on the sp- stock market, maybe because of some law or derivatives or a complicated financial device, that. Physical real value is still still completely exists. But if you burnt down that farm, you've lost that crop yield or that that true labor forever. Yeah. If you if that soil has got has gotten corrupted through whatever means through poison or Monsanto or something, you've lost that. And that's what I think we the stock market, Michael Hudson, have you heard of Michael Hudson? I wanted to get him my podcast. He's an economist who wrote Killing the Host, and he describes the financial mechanisms, the financial class, Wall Street essentially, as a parasite. And he, draw, and he does this good analogy where in nature, a parasite is much more complicated. When a parasite latches onto you, it injects an enzyme that convinces you that the parasite is a part of the, the, the specimen, right. the body, that the it's host. a part. I believe that's what HIV does until it completely overtakes you. And so it, so Wall Street does this by convincing you that money is real, that the stock market is actually adding to your productivity. Does that make sense, Cooper? And so then when it crashes, it says it's part of the economy and it needs to be helped. It needs to be fed to, and that's another part of a parasite nature is that it starts diverting resources after it convinces you that it's real to itself to grow so it takes food it takes you know energy it takes cells water whatever whatever the specimen is and so that's what the so when the stock market crashes since it's convinced you that it's part of the real economy it it insists that it gets bailed out that it gets fed essentially and i like that analogy a lot because that i think it, i think it perfectly the the complexities of the parasite actually emphasize our current situation where when trump many boasts cuz i i do read his tweets like you mentioned <laughs> boasts a lot about it. I think the stock market's at 25000 or 26000 That doesn't mean anything. But he gets the boast about it because we've been convinced, because all they have is Wall Street economists on CNN, that they're adding value, that Goldman Sachs is actually doing something good for the economy. But that's not true. They're really just betting on money. They're making bets on bets on bets. And they got so out of hand and so greedy, and I think they will again, that they crashed in 2008. And there's some great documentaries on it. What's the freaking good documentary on it? There is the the big short, but the the documentary that just talks about yeah, it is um I can't think of the name of that one either at the moment. But yeah, I know but what you're talking about. It's just about. An investigative one. It's good. It's on YouTube. But um anyway, but so, good.
0: so our friend Elon Musk who is dating Grimes. So the story goes that Azalea Banks and Grimes were going to record mm-hmm. some music together, mm-hmm. and so Azalea Banks, who I'm not sure. How familiar with her, but she's pretty. I much couldn't ag- name any of her music, but she's a musician. I could yes. not name one of her fucking songs either, but she's actually better known for her really spicy hot takes on Twitter and social media more than anything. Mm-hmm. So she captured. She was apparently hanging out, I guess, with Elon Musk and Grimes mm-hmm. around the weekend that claiming that Musk was calling around begging for begging investors to get into Tesla and all this shit um discussing Elon Musk's penis size with mm-hmm. Grimes and and what have you what a bizarre fucking world that is just even beyond the first level of just Grimes and Elon Musk together which itself is bizarre mm-hmm. throwing Azalea Banks in the mix that's like what the fuck
1: and she posted these texts about Elon Yeah you can look oh, you no. can
0: look it up on a, a bunch of stories mm-hmm. came out on social media I think yesterday um with some of the tweets Back and forth between them that I won't get too far into but I did want to just touch on that briefly that's funny. because I think it is fucking Elon's hilarious. not
1: too I know the Grimes is very young but Elon's not too old um just to reflect on it just reflect on in fact uh Trump is 30 years older than Melania just counting yeah. out Melania's 40. Melania's 40 damn she's uh mid low to mid 42 or 44 I believe
0: okay well if that makes more sense and trump 40. is 71. I was going to say, if she's like 40, Jesus. They're
1: young. They're, well, there's a big... I mean, I think his past wives not as big of an age gap because he wasn't as old. But um, yeah. <laughs> so Trump's the oldest president ever. He's 71 now. And um, I just keep track of the ages because... Well, people say Bernie's too old, but Bernie's 76. He'll be 79, though, in 2020. Anyway, not to go into the age debate. But... And Joe Biden's 76. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are one year apart. Interesting. So... Bernie, uh, Biden just looks better. I don't know if Biden puts on a lot of makeup or not, but obviously Biden just aesthetically looks looks good. <laughs> and I think that's, Bernie could fix that easily. I don't think, I think, well, now his image is his image. People like that he's balding and all that stuff. And if he had just, he can, he can, makeup can do a lot anyway. Makeup and hair transplants uh, for guys. For girls, it's more surgery. But um, what was I saying is, yeah. So what do you think about that? I think I think everyone. I don't care too much about Elon Musk's romantic relationship, although he does seem to be imploding. Right, so he called a guy a pedo on Twitter for the making fun of his submarine that the submarine didn't work to save the children in Thailand. Was it? Yeah, it was Thailand? that's correct. So he called a guy a pedo, like P D O, P E D O. Um, I forgot if he deleted it. So that got some, and he's. Michael, and Michael Brooks did a little part on him imploding, but what do you think, Cooper?
0: Well, he also had an interview with the New York Times where he's sobbing and said this is the hardest year of his life mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. I don't know. I think it's mildly amusing just because he's one of these like people mm-hmm. that I think sort of the libertarian right sort of worship. Elon Musk as this savior mm-hmm. of humanity somehow.
1: Yeah, and we were talking... The weird thing that came up, and we were listening to this in the car before we came here, is that he donated forty k to the Republican Party, or thirty nine thousand or whatever, which is really odd because the Republicans I consider one of the worst organizations on the planet right now, and I he doesn't care about the Democrats or something, but maybe he thinks he's thankful for the tax breaks which he obviously um, got. No, oh, he gets mad subsidies for these companies. Yeah, he. I mean, for SpaceX, that's almost all government contracts he's hoping for money from. I mean, who else is paying him money? At least Tesla, like, I, I walk, Yeah, I live on four streets, you know, right? People drive Teslas by where I live all the time, so that's actually a product people are satisfied with.
0: <laughs> and Well, until they catch fire or something.
1: Right? Until their self-driving mechanism kills everyone. <laughs> that's true.
0: But anyways, let's move on to a couple of Trump's cronies, manafort and cohen mm-hmm. had a little um you might actually be able to speak a little more accurately to what the status of them they are or where they're at this so week they, in terms of legal troubles mm-hmm.
1: they both been convicted i believe um i think michael cohen got he got mistrialed for 10 out of the 12 charges and i don't know what happens properly with a mistrial you have the trial again i'm not exactly sure what the what exactly a mistrial means. But I read that, (laughs) that a mistrial means
0: that. So I think they redo the trial. I don't think necessarily that they redo the trial. What it means is they're unable to reach essentially a verdict or Mm -hmm. there's some type of interference. Um, In this case, it sounds like based on the context that the jury really just essentially wasn't able to reach an agreement and there was insufficient sort of evidence to convict basically Mm -hmm. yes, in in a certain context. But the one trial, um, yes,
1: and then so, and so Manafort got uh, convicted for money laundering, which there was very obvious evidence, I believe, physical evidence, and it goes back decades. Now, it is believed now a lot of people, Jimmy Dore points this out. So Jimmy Dore is very anti-Russia. He thinks it's a conspiracy theory that Russia tampered in the elections and that Trump is like to the hooked to the hip with russia and he just i just say this because it will make sense i think to say that he pointed out that manafort is just in jail for normal corruption yeah he right. got investigated because trump's president right. as i said earlier in this podcast because this this whole thing happened and so they're just looking at all of trump's people and i don't know why manafort would take that job
0: um <laughs> right I don't, when you have that much dirty laundry. Dude, if
1: i did something illegal that made 20 mil and just got the chance to walk out, but I mean, the thing is, you get greedy. I would be like, "Oh my god, I just, I just did something totally insane. And got twenty mil. I'm out. I'm right. out. I'm in the middle of nowhere in Siberia, just getting no. my stuff airdropped to me. Like not, I'm not out.
0: Siberia, dude. You're in a <laughs> non extradition treaty company. Um, I don't I, know. There's got to be. I one have an island, South that, no, that is
1: not on the map <laughs> right. that, that that no one knows about, and somebody on a boat gives me food every month, and they never ask me questions.
0: I'm sure you could live very handsomely <laughs> off the coast of Thailand, for example. As <laughs> perhaps, long as perhaps in an undisclosed cave. As long as I don't go into a cave that those <laughs> kids
1: got. I'm very glad those all those kids got saved. I've, no, I Yeah, that was a
0: fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? You're like 10 years old and you're trapped in a fucking cave. No. Oxygen goes out. Water on. is rising There's slowly a, or something. Yeah. She, um. But what else? We, we have... Um, November elections that you wanted to talk about, it. you're you're mm-hmm. excited about that already. I think midterms. Right? I think
1: this will be a big. This is a big year. Um, I was watching Bill Maher last night, and Bill Maher donated uh a hundred a million, sorry, a million to the Democrats. And I don't know. Do you watch Bill Maher? Do you care?
0: Not so much He's anymore. Not too entertaining. A
1: lot of people have lost love with him. Yeah, I like his show. Same. I like I like the format though.
0: I do and like the, I do. You're right. I do like the format. I do like that he brings on conservatives. It
1: brings on too many. Like, don't have Tommy, Lauren, and Ben Shapiro on your show. They know nothing. But he does... Well, he he, also
0: had fucking Jordan Peterson on as well. Oh, he did. Yes. He
1: had a more recent than those two I just mentioned. Jesus. I think he had Milo on. Oh, Oh, yeah. Milo's Milo's so repugnant, he got kicked off Twitter. (laughs) It's hard to get kicked off. The other platforms, it's a lot easier to get kicked off of. Like, YouTube is pretty... pretty, Will strike you down pretty easily. But Twitter, man, you got to be very volatile. Very volatile. Um... But yeah, so I really don't like his love. Cause my my whole thing is I, I guess I would I would be much more uh friendly to Bill Maher if he had the equivalent left wing guest of Milo on his show, which is pretty hard if he had the equivalent left wingers of those guys, not like these super which I don't think he does. He doesn't have real his burn he's had Bernie on. But like if you if you're gonna have like get the head of Maria Stewart is the head of DSA, get her on your show. Like that would be an equivalent I would say of a Milo, possibly, even though they're not like enterta- as entertaining as why. So that's my... I think a lot of left-wingers hate that. It's like, dude, you have these right-wingers on, and you never give the left perspective. Like, you're supposed to be... The, like, Bill's the left perspective, but it's like, dude... Because what he does is he gives these people um, platform, and they're crazy. <laughs> so, like, platforming them is... You're saying you approve of these people if you platform them. Even if you platform them just to diss them, you are approving of these people. You're saying these people are... um there enough just to and Milo. I don't think there was much pushback. Like Ben, he said Ben Shapiro and Tommy on, and he doesn't push back on them that much. And Jordan Peterson. Did you see the Jordan Peterson I, interview? I yeah, he didn't. I did bash see them that much. Peterson. Yeah, and Jordan Peterson doesn't know a lot.
0: <laughs> Jordan Peterson was trying to argue some shit about abortion, and uh, it was mm-hmm. just like Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: I stopped following him a lot. I I think um I think we talked about it. your thing is but like I my thing is um. Not, not Peterson. Um oh, he's the worst in my opinion. He's the, no he's the dumbest of all of them.
0: Oh, Ruben is uh, Ruben, the dumbest. Ruben Ruben is the dumbest.
1: Yeah, that's who I hate the most. Even though Peter Peterson it amazes me the following the guy has cuz I think obviously he is the biggest fo- except Rogan, which again I I don't consider Rogan Rogan espousing like a a real bad ideology, but no um, he's
0: he's on that fucking swear to god, the fucking social justice warrior mm-hmm. college campus shit like mm-hmm. Is all he yeah. he wants to talk about this to every fucking guest? It's so mm-hmm. fucking annoying mm-hmm. and stupid. Like he had uh, the author Chuck Palahniuk on. this Oh, uh, did they talk about that? And of course Joe's like, oh, "What do you think about the Evergreen College?" Blah blah blah. Yeah. Social justice. Well, like. he's had
1: Brett. It's Brett Weinstein on, right? Yeah, yeah. he's had him on. Who is? That's what it's about.
0: But he keeps like he wants to talk about this with every fucking artist, and we're like, Joe, this is fucking Chuck Palahniuk. Don't fucking talk to Chuck Palahniuk about. This bullshit college campus crap because Chuck Palahniuk is a fucking out there kind of guy. And the and the
1: funny thing is, I think it's because Jordan Peterson had a college campus story too, where he was because it was the transgender thing. He was against this transgender right. Yeah, there was where people would have to call them by their pronoun. That I don't want to say what's wrong. But I think that's it, right? He was against a transgender bill. Yeah. I forgot exactly what the transgender bill yeah. said, but I think it had something to do with just calling people what they wanted mm-hmm. to be called. Right. Could be wrong. Could be totally wrong. That's why it's nice to have a Jamie that just fact check everything. Yeah, right. Jamie does. But anyway, um, what was I gonna say? Is so they both use that, Brett Weinstein and Jordan Peterson, they get uber famous. So don't be so I don't know. I just I I sense some contempt there, where they they use this. They kind of know what they were doing, and they say, "Wow, I, I'm getting a lot of attention off this. I can make a lot of money and just leave the university." Because Jordan Peterson's now a millionaire, and I don't know if he was a millionaire as a philosopher teacher at um, wherever he was in Canada. No, he's a psychologist. Psychologist, sorry, or psychology
0: what professor. What did I say? Anyway, philosopher. Philosopher, I'm sorry. which he definitely is not the sharpest philosopher. No. Oh, and <laughs> his drawer. book is
1: number one on Amazon. Twelve what, rules. Twelve rules. Yeah. He, have you read it? No, I know some of them are as simple as clean your bed, okay. Which I not to be honest, the self help dude. If you can be, become a self help guru, there's a lot of money. Like I was a big fan of Tim Ferris. He does not tell you anything that your mom didn't tell you when you were growing up. So and that's why when I saw Jordan Peterson, I'm like, yeah, that matches Tim Ferris. So so the whole, that's my whole th- my whole thing is I don't like Jordan Peterson, but also the whole self help um, uh, cottage uh Yeah, cottage is BS. It's just all like. Believe in yourself, that's essentially it. So
0: Yeah, there's no systemic critique. It's all on you to mm-hmm. maximize your own potential no. and happiness well, and all that shit. Tony shape. Robbins isn't
1: gonna talk about surplus labor. Let's just say talk <laughs> surplus capital. Let's just say about that. No, um what do you th- but we were talking about Bill Maher, but what was your original question? Your original question was about the November elections, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to hear your um, opinion about the midterms. And, and I mentioned Bill Maher donated a
1: million to yeah, the Democrats. Yeah, exactly. And that was what that all right. came through. But I was <laughs> saying in that he he went on—I watched the last episode last night. And he went on and how this is the most important election in our lifetime. And we're not too old, so we haven't gone through—you know, we didn't see Reagan get elected, right? So— Um, and Reagan won in a landslide, but he went on how this is the most important election. And I agree with that, even though I'm not a big fan of the Democrats, but this will definitely be, they, the woman said it well on a show that if, if basically the Republicans win, it says everything that's happened in the last two years is okay. That's the subtle message. If the Republicans retain the house and the Senate says what Trump's been doing is okay. And he can continue on with this behavior. And I agree with that. And so if anything, just to say, to um, deliver a message that is the opposite of that, at least to the Republicans, because I don't think there's anything reaching Trump, I think is really important.
0: Although, uh, I mean, the number of seats and the locations where the seats exist, Mm -hmm. it does not lend itself to a really massive transition.
1: Oh, you mean in the Senate or
0: both? Uh, Both. There's just Mm -hmm. not, there's not enough seats that are up that are really, I mean, it's a lot Mm. of Democratic districts Mm -hmm. or, you know, Democratic-leaning districts and not a lot of Republican strongholds. So the
1: Senate's basically uh, Republican locked. Uh, The Senate has many problems because, like, North Dakota and South Dakota have more um, seats than all California. California is 30, 40 million people. North Dakota and South Dakota. I believe, I think, if you live in one congressional district in California, any of them, you 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 have a bigger population than all of Wyoming, because Wyoming's only 500k people. Holy the average God. district in California is 700k people. I was reading. Damn. So you get two senators and one rep. You get one rep always. So um so just think about that. So uh that's just a constitutional problem, which I don't see us ever fixing. No. But
0: and you're talk, but you I think we were talking about the gerrymandering. Well, just period the amount of seats that the Democrats mm-hmm. couldn't let logically even win that are up for grabs that are p- possible are just not it's not going to be a big enough yeah shift to where it's going to make a massive difference so ultimately. it's still
1: possible to win back the house like log- just have more just more d's in 51 percent of yeah. the house than that but as to make a difference to whatever get 60 percent override or and filibuster or do something with the supreme court because you the only way we're going to get stop the supreme court pick is if we flip uh the senate and they're going to have well they're going to have the hearing in september so uh if they do if they get him before the election that won't matter anyway which they which, probably will which they're going to be pushing for it because the um the Mitch McConnell is smart with the judges because Chuck Schumer is an idiot and Mitch McConnell is not too smart either but he knows uh where power that how important the court is and he he that whole ma- not letting Obama pick the court paid off wonderfully oh yeah that not. Was- yeah, it was like in in some ways he is he d- did do that well. Um and because of gerrymandering, it's it's a big deal. It's really hard for the Democrats to win. Like don't fool yourselves everyone. Like they they um the district I live in Austin, District 21 is very well gerrymandered. Uh looks like a snake. I mean, look it up on a picture. And Texas, is, Texas is one of the most gerrymandered. Is states.
0: that the district that extends all the way up mm-hmm. to It follows the left? highway down to San Antonio? Oh yeah. Okay. Like a snake. That's so, so fucked up, right? Yep. But um, I mean, even so, the last time we had a tremendous shift like this, and I think it was going to be was much more significant in terms of the numbers turning was what the midterms in maybe was it oh oh eight or oh eight was big. I know 06? the
1: biggest deal was oh 0- oh eight. Obama had a had a filibuster had sixty Senate seats. I forgot what the he definitely had the house though. He had both, so he could have passed anything with filibuster-proof Senate. Which I don't. I can't think of. I don't. I've looked up some of the history, but it's very rare to have sixty to have sixty percent of the Senate. It's it just rarely, rarely ever happens. Like FDR did. That's why FDR had yeah. FDR just got everything done in his time. But between now and then, it may have rarely ever happened. Um. What else was going to say? Oh, so the, the big thing about it flipping, if you were to bet if it's going to flip, I would say yes. So the House, Senate's fickle. House has flipped every session, every two years, except 2002, and that was because of 9-11. Every time. So it's flipped those six times. Every single time. Doesn't matter what happens. And 9-11. So a big event has to happen. Not, so 9-11 to give uh, Bush support for the war, which
0: n- mm, not for, but that's why he decision. kept it. Yeah. yeah. Worst decision.
1: <laughs> so yes, do you have any thoughts on that, Cooper? I think I think it's going to be a big deal. So I think if Trump sees like they have a chance to lose the House, he'll do some crazy stuff. I don't know what it will be, but I think if he notices the wind is blowing away, he doesn't want it. he he has the presidency; like he can start wars. Like I, that's how insane I am. Like I think I want to be past him to start military involvement somewhere to gain support from his base. Ah.
0: Uh, I don't know. I definitely think that people are a lot more open to going to war than they were, you know, two years ago, mm-hmm. perhaps. But I don't know. I I don't see where we would realistically go. Oh. You know what I mean? There's not a conflict that isn't a total quagmire.
1: Oh, we'll find somewhere. I was thinking Iran.
0: <laughs> oh, that Aran, would be Aran's, that Aran would be really the, bad. That would be a utter disaster. It'd be a big deal. It. Be the maybe the end of the world. Who knows?
1: It 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 could. It would be a big deal with because uh, all the all the big players would also care. Oh yeah, absolutely. All
0: the, Europe would care.
1: China would care. Russia would care, and they wouldn't necessarily be supporting us. So that that's a big deal, and a,
0: um, and we've completely eroded our support. Yeah, but maybe I'm being this. too.
1: Dude, Europe hates us now. Like Merkel's like trying to figure out ways around us and stuff. It's not good. Merkel's like one of our best friends. <laughs> um yeah dude when it's you know because some of that stuff moves really s- something we don't talk about in the public and there's a lot of educate issues we don't get educated it's just like dude if you're president you for four years you let one dude or guy or girl have carte blanche on foreign policy like this is the person who talks to merkel or the israel or nanyahu or Putin or like right well like oh what did he say in that Putin meeting it's like yeah you elected the guy he gets to do stuff like that now and like people don't they don't think of those consequences I think when they vote. That's like dude, you let like all the bombs, all the military because of the Patriot Act and stuff like they don't we don't vote on that stuff anymore. The Senate doesn't we don't have a big discussion. Yeah, on we that. don't declare war. Like we passed like that that's all his now. And it unless we have a discussion of putting that stuff back in Congress's hands of declaring war, you know, it's a big deal what they do on foreign policy. Um and I agree with you. Like, and so what I was going to say is when you see those meetings of how badly Trump does at the G7, did you see the famous picture where he, everyone's looking at him and he has his arms folded? Yes. yes. Very famous picture, right? Down. Like that, like we all laugh at that, I think. And like, oh, our, ki- our babies too. But what do you think Merkel goes home and thinks about Trump then? What do you th- Like, I don't know the other leaders like Macron. What, they all think this is, this is a freaking idiot.
0: Of right? course. Except and, I think Trump, Trump is like, he's like M- Macron, Emmanuel. <laughs> uh, that Macron guy, he's, he's handsome, he's young. He's, yeah. he's got, I don't know about his taste in women, but, you know, mm-hmm. he's handsome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I trust him.
1: <laughs> That's my one thing, like, I don't think, you know, to believe in democracy, in my opinion, you have to believe in the, in the, in the collective. That we all, a collective, a big enough collective group of us wants a mission, wants a goal in society. You have to believe in the collective, I think, to believe in democracy. And, like, I don't see that. Like, I see us all eroded and all us trying to pull levers on some machine and get different treats. Whether it's, like, some of us want some things I agree with. Some of them are talking about things I don't even care about. And, like, I don't—I think, like, in some—like, anyway, I think democracies, if they don't have, like, a sense of a whole or a big part of that whole, they can decline. Decay.
0: Well, there's a geographic Mm
1: -hmm.
0: dis. um, uh, There's a fracture in terms of geography and in terms of demography, in the sense that you know the the left wing, the liberal, are all centered in Mm -hmm. the big cities on the coast. Oh, there's yeah, and then the rest geographical thing, yeah. um, yeah, and then also you know cuts across age. It's like if you look at the youth numbers mm-hmm. in terms of which parties supported and who they voted for and so forth, you see a pretty stark contrast between, yeah, you know, the millennials and the boomers, for example, of course. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I totally get you. And the thing is, even though a lot of us have moved into cities, the thing is There's those s- small states get two senators. Exactly. exactly. So what that's a huge effing deal. So like. If you, if you, I don't know, but California would probably have like 10 senators if you distribute it. Yeah, for, proportionally. Uh, and New York, like New York, Florida, Texas. So I think it's four states have, I forgot it, but four states, the the four I just said, Florida, Texas, New York, California, have an insane amount of population. Not half, but a big close. third, to it, a third, yeah, yeah like a huge, like way more than if you took a, like a 20 to 10 of the other states, Arkansas, like these small ones. Um, so like the fact that we give them this much representation I think the basic stat is forty percent of the people um elect sixty percent of the political of the national representatives, and over time, that's a huge problem. <laughs> it's a huge problem, so like like there yeah, like Diane Feinstein or whatever, the California senator should be have much more power instead of equal versus the North Dakota senator who I don't even know any of them off the top of my head, but like or whatever Connecticut or whatever so. <laughs>
0: Whatever, whatever your fucking state is.
1: Whatever. I mean, even Bernie. Like, Bernie. Vermont's Vermont. small as shit. <laughs> Which is... That's... If I was a socialist, I would move to a small state so I could actually physically meet any, everyone
0: and run for right, seven. F- yeah. f- you could meet all 500,000 people in the entire yeah, fucking you state. You literally could. Yeah. Like,
1: that's my thing. I kind of like... You know how Iowa is one of the first states in the presidential primary? Yeah. Is apparently I've read articles where the, most of the people in the state travel from um, speech to speech and actually get a chance to listen to all the candidates. So, like... It really does allow for a grassroots person, and then if you win that primary, you get a lot of news. So it, you you do get the chance to be in the small state to do a grassroots movement. Whereas um, then if you gain that momentum, it's a big it's a big deal the news news coverage because the the media is the guardian to the presidency. You need the media. Donald Trump, everyone laughs at him. It's like dude, he owns the media. I don't know this guy. He like owns the media. Bernie, he,
0: that's a huge deal. He owns them in the sense that they he, cover. Them.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm not saying they cover good things about him, but I'm saying, think think of this, when they cover him, I don't care if it's pussy grabbing tape, can I say that on this show? Of course. Yeah, it's pussy grabbing tape, or, you know, like a lot of stupid stuff, because he does a lot of stupid stuff, obviously, they don't cover Bernie, they don't cover Hillary, they don't cover, you know, if there was another candidate running, they don't cover them, right, because they're covering the pussy grabbing tape, so it's a big deal, and a lot of people watch MSNBC, I wish they didn't, but they do. <laughs>
0: Uh I don't watch MB. Most people watch Fox News, which watch? is even scary. <laughs> right? Who, who watches cable fucking news? Um, period. In, in our in
1: our age range, nobody. But guess who votes? People over forty. Right. And they watch TV. In our age range, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I've, what does the typical millennial do? Facebook, YouTube. I do a lot of YouTube. Like I told you, like I told you, I was telling you my YouTube diet earlier in this podcast. Like I'll listen to Jimmy Dore and I'll listen to Sam Cedar live usually Um, if I'm, if I'm working.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think. You know, I, I'm on Twitter frequently. I think a lot of news breaks on Twitter mm-hmm. and there's a lot of usually what, you know, whatever. There's always something that's kind of dominates Twitter on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then there's some ongoing things. And of course, Trump is always tweeting. So people are commenting on that a lot. But there's always something, some issue that's getting talked about and discussed on Twitter. Twitter might be the best metaphor for like the town square and our current you sort can of comment civilization. On it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody you know what I mean, it's very democratized in terms of it's anyone very, can it's, comment.
1: Yeah. And your comment has is your comments are pretty weighted. I mean, some people have a lot more followers, but when you look when you look at the comments, like they're well weighted, like it's just in the order. Yeah. They are. Um yeah, it's not like something
0: like Reddit where, you know, there's upvotes and downvotes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can like some. I guess th- things get more likes and retweets, mm-hmm. but it doesn't impact how they're displayed necessarily. Mm-hmm. Other than, I think if they're, you know, something's really a tweets really liked, it's gonna spill out into. They you switch know,
1: their thing. The most popular, right? Their their feed. Well, you can choose what option you want, but they by default now it's most popular.
0: I'm not sure. I'd have okay. to do do the research, but I think. If someone I follow likes something, then, or something's popular like that, I'll, I'll generally see that in my, in my feed. Does that I make see. sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm not on Twitter that much, but Facebook, obviously, I've identified, I think they did that first, the newsfeed. The newsfeed is long. But
0: um, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on, you know, I listen to Chapo, I listen to Michael Brooks. How do you get your news? So, yeah, those two Chapo, Michael Brooks. Um, I'll listen to Rogan. I, that's not really quite news though. But uh Chapo Michael Brooks sometimes some random I other mean,
1: selling you supplements, isn't
0: O N N I T baby. Woo. I need to get Audit, on this. Which is
1: Austin. That's it's it's Austin founded.
0: Actually, did you know that even Ben Shapiro now is shilling supplements? Yeah, dude, he hawks
1: supplements. I just dude, my last time I was on Twitter I saw this funny post of Tommy Lauren. I think it had Tommy Lauren, no, just Tommy Lauren and Ben Shapiro hawking supplements. And it, it showed like, oh, even they've even they have the brain disorder or something. No, and it had Alex Jones. Because Alex Jones is the king. Alex Jones makes a lot of money, by the way. He makes a lot. I wanna t- Dude, the supplement game is good because I'm pretty sure it those it's all bullshit. Most of it's bullshit. Or whatever they're selling oh, is not is bullshit. not real. So it's like a cent to make, or whatever this powder is, right? And they're selling it for twenty dollars, saying it will remake your life. It's great, <laughs> you know.
0: Now, if if they ever legalize marijuana products in Texas, something real, then, then I will start hawking my uh, what my CBD pills or something like that. Okay. <laughs> if they, but until then, do. I will not. I I promise my listeners, I will not endorse any fucking supplements whatsoever. Please don't. I will also I never put fucking ads at the beginning of my fucking podcast either.
1: I hope honestly i hope in your podcast career or your audio career or your media career you make you make it big enough to make money because it's hard to make money i will tell from personal from a man who has interviewed people who don't make a lot of money like chris hedges could make a lot more money if he wrote different books yeah um he's made good money he he writes new york times bestsellers though um i don't know if this book will be new york if writing america the farewell tools your title is not how you make a new york times bestseller yeah. but um war is a four he's he's written two i know two of his books are new york times bestsellers anyway um well i think
0: i think you get way more listens on your show than i probably have some of the online. people
1: so like morris i have a lot because he shares it with his blog yeah and he has a big following he's a big teacher he's he's been he's written many books so if anyway if you're a small i would do a lot of collapse and i'll post this on my twitter right on when i get that I, and I got rid of my website. I think I told that you. Yeah, that you last told time. me that. Yeah. So I don't yeah. have. I just need to
0: get Chris Hedges' email from you so yeah. I can. Uh, I'll send it to you. I'm like, send I think, I think my it's anti-imperialist screed to him.
1: Chris.Hedges at gmail.com. I'll send it to you. That's my <laughs> thing. But um, it's really just like Noam Chomsky's Noam dot Chomsky mit dot edu. Nice. Um, and I'll get back to you that day. He's a very nice man.
0: Any um any final thoughts for today's episode?
1: No, Cooper. Anything we didn't cover? You want to cover?
0: Uh, not really. We we got through the gist of uh, most of what i wanted to talk about so i, I had fun as always Sweet.
1: we gotta do another one maybe you're, we'll do yeah. one after the election or oh,
0: yeah. yeah maybe even before i, I like before to have you now, on we, you're dude, like one of the few knowledgeable people that's kind of a political online junkie like me but mm-hmm. I, I love you i love
1: michael Brooks. he's he's very funny i i don't i listen to sam cedar a lot more because i told you the, the live things on my thing yeah and um what was the one i've only listened to like one full episode of michael brooks but um, I like Sam. I just listened to Sam Cedar more and it's on at the time. But um, he, they do a good job. They cover a lot of issues. He yeah. covers a lot of international. He talks Top about Lula. Stuff. He talks about Lula, right? He talks, he talks about Brazil. He talks about Mexico had some lefty, some real lefty president in. I forgot what his name is. But like that was a big deal. I remember with the day it came out. Anyway, Cooper, anything else?
0: No, man. Thank, thanks again for joining me. Thank you, man. This is Podcast with Cooper Cherry signing off.